With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Scott's making a list. Grant's checking it twice. They're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. boys are back the boys are back and this is our last real show before christmas of course we are going live (laughs) excuse me coughing right into the mic we're going live weekly on spotify green room uh it's hey you know another win didn't quite cover a couple late threes by mcneese uh it was another very slow start for k-state but they ended the first half on an 18-2 to two run, and it never really got close again. Um, I'm sure there's a lot we can talk about when it comes to uh, when it comes to another slow start, um, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's but, but it's a win. Most importantly, it's a win. Yes, McNeese sucks. But you ended up going on very long periods of time where you dominated. Eight down, 10 to go, 18, and we're in for the NCAA tournament. I'm going to run through the box score. Then we're going to get some folks up on stage to talk about the game. The biggest storyline from this is, uh, you know, Marquise Noel became only the fourth 
K-State Wildcat to have multiple double-doubles where you get at least 10 assists. He bounced back from that rough game versus Nebraska. He gets 18 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds. Definitely the player of the game. Nigel Pack, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. Selton Miguel coming off the bench, 17 points, 4 rebounds. Great game for him. Ish Masood, only 3 points. Mark Smith, 7 points. Big, not even an attempted field goal for Casey Eziagu, which is a little uh, puzzling. Uh, Davion Bradford went 3 of 5 from the field, got 6 points. Luke Kasuki zilch on one missed shot. Mike McGurl, 1 of 5 from the field, 5 points. K-State shot 78% from the free throw line, 39% from 3, 47 from field goal. Again, Really surprising to see Easy Agu, not a single shot. Bradford only getting five up there, especially when you have that size advantage inside. Would have liked to see them fed a little more. That's something we talked about on the last show. But I've talked enough. I'm going to invite some folks up on stage. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk a little Cats basketball. Going to maybe talk a little bit of Christmas. This is, like I said, our last official uh, show before Christmas. Uh, So we're going to have a little bit of fun. I think all the invites are out. Uh, So let's just, let's just get started. I'm going to start with my guy, Cole, Cole, first, before I get any takes on this game, give me your favorite Christmas movie, favorite Christmas song, and then give me your quick take hot take from this basketball game. All right. Favorite Christmas movie. I feel like I got to go with, Probably the OG Rudolph. I don't know. It's just hard to beat that one. Um, Rudolph's mom, like, you know, she's a pretty good-looking reindeer, so I like that one. Um, Favorite Christmas song, I got to say probably um, Feed the World, the Band-Aid song. That one's kind of a banger, just like straight serotonin into my brain. Um, Quick take, hawk take. Would like to see Big Easy get some more minutes and maybe get some more shots up. Yeah, it's really surprising to see him go the entire game, especially versus a team like McNeese, where he doesn't even get an attempted shot. Like, I'm trying to think back on that, trying to think if that quick box score uh, is accurate. That's very surprising to me, but, you know, it is what it is. We're going to go with Chris next. Chris, favorite uh, Christmas movie, favorite Christmas uh, favorite Christmas song is uh, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole, a classic. And favorite Christmas movie, I'll probably have to go with the the new animated Grinch. That's that one's kind of uh, quickly become a favorite. So uh, enjoy that. Um, the game started off slow, but was able was able to put them away. So uh, that's good to see. All right, we're going to go to Zach next. Zach, favorite Christmas movie, favorite Christmas song, and quick take, hot take on the game. Um, so I got you, Scott. My favorite Christmas Christmas movie is The Polar Express. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Favorite song? I like Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. It's probably because I like Home Alone so much. Um, and then I didn't really watch the game. Um, had some other things going on, but I mean, just to 
you just survive these games before Christmas and you take it because there have been some upsets today. I noticed that Davidson beat um, Alabama, so you just take these. Yep, and Ole Miss lost the game as well. So I, I think that's something good and something that I wanted to talk about. So the, the guys are about to get a few days off for Christmas. I think they're going to get back on the 26th because they have a game on the 29th, I believe, if I have the uh, schedule correct in my mind. So I think that is going to attribute a little bit to that slow start. Again, I would be more apt to say I'm not too worried about it if that was an isolated incident. I do think that that is a very real excuse for this game. But again, we've seen the slow starts to halves. We've seen the slow starts to games multiple times this season. So what I want to ask, I'll ask Cole first. Cole, we talked about it on the show that dropped on Monday. I don't think we're going to be able to get away with these slow starts in Big 12 play because the teams are going to be too good and won't let you claw back in, have 18 to 2 runs. So what is your worry level on a scale 1 to 10 with these slow starts? Oh, man, worry level, I'm probably maybe at like a six right now. I mean, you're still in non-con. You're playing some lower-level opponents. I mean, even Nebraska, like, they're not a great program by any means. So it's definitely something that is a little bit concerning because looking ahead at the Big 12 is definitely a gauntlet coming up. But – you know, inversely, at the same time, I'd like to think that, you know, we, our program or, and our players and our coaches are aware enough to know that you can't do that in the Big 12 conference play. Um, so I'm hopeful that it'll get turned around, but definitely something. Yeah, and we're going to start on New Year's Day with a massive one down in Norman, Oklahoma. If you're kind of trying to pick out and find a handful of away games that you can compete in in the Big 12 and maybe steal a win, you start off with one that is on the short list. So I'm really hoping that in that final non-con game versus Morgan State next week, we come out gangbusters in the first and second half and just kind of get that out of our system and we get rolling. We're going to go to Chris next. Chris, uh, you know, very slow start. You've talked about this on one of our live shows before as well. Where's your worry level? We only have two more non-con games or one more non-con game before conference play starts up. We do have that tilt with Ole Miss in January. What's your worry level with these slow starts to game? You know, I'm not really sure because um, we started off pretty good against Marquette and we came out pretty hot against them and we ended up losing uh, and then these last two games, we started off slow, but then came back winning pretty comfortably. So I'm not. So what a- you're saying is we need to like tank the first eight minutes of every game. That's yeah, what I'm hearing from. You. Maybe, maybe it is, you just you just kind of you sandbag for the first ten minutes and then you come back. Uh, no, I don't think that's that's the plan because uh, Big Twelve is going to be rough. And like you said earlier on Monday's show, I think if. You, if you do that against most Big 12 teams, they're going to bury you, and you don't have a chance to come back, kind of like what you saw in the Arkansas game where we started off slow. And, yeah, we were kind of able to make a game and make it close there and get it within, I think, six or five was the closest. But, I mean, they were in control for most of the game. So that's a little worrisome. 
I don't know what the issue is. I think they'll be able to get it figured out. It's just, I think it's a kind of a game by game uh, basis, but I guess it has happened quite a few games where we started off slow, but those games that we have started off slow, we've won. I, Wichita State, we started off slow and came back and won. So I don't know. Maybe, who knows? And so it is a little bit, if you want to take a, a positive out of it, it's good to see that they're able to, uh, even when they they get down like eight, ten points, they're able to chip away and then retake the lead. So that's that's a good quality to have for a basketball team. Yeah, so I, I saw in the chat uh, a call-out, and this is something I'm going to keep an eye on over the last week. Morgan State had to cancel their game due to COVID concerns uh, today. So this is what I've been picking up on. I do not believe that would count as a forfeit towards your record. So it would basically be a no contest. And I think K-State would probably scramble pretty hard to try to get a game. Because here's the thing. In the race to 18 wins, uh, which I think is going to be what we need to get in, every win is going to count. I don't think we're going to get a benefit of the doubt going 7-11 in Big 12 play, 1-1 in Kansas City, and be like, oh, well, they would have beat Morgan State. I think that could keep us out because you don't get to that 18-win mark. Now, if college basketball has a massive COVID issue, maybe, and I hate to say this, but if we lose that game versus uh, Morgan State, like a no contest, we probably need to root for some chaos, some COVID chaos, which I don't like saying because that's people's lives at risk. But if you want to get to the tournament, you might need to start rooting for that. So we're going to go to Zach before we get some of these new folks in. Zach, where's your worry level on the slow starts? Or are you going with the Chris theory? Hey, we win the games that we start slow outside of that Arkansas. Um, My worry level is pretty low. Um, Where there's a Bruce Weber coach team, there are slow starts. That's, that's that's never going away. Um, it was it was that way with Barry Brown, Dean Wade, and Kamal Stokes in their senior year against some like very notably good teams. I mean Oklahoma, the Big Twelve championship game technically was a super slow start. Well, how about that massive comeback versus a very bad West Virginia team just to start Big Twelve play that year? Yeah. So I mean, it's like where there's a Bruce Weber team, there's slow starts. It's part of the roller coaster of Bruce Weber. I'm really not that worried about it. There are going to be games, notably, I've noticed we do it all the time on the road at West Virginia, where we just get blown the F out. That's probably going to be a slow start. We get, we lose by 20. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. We're just going to have to live with it. Good deal. All right. We got some new ones to the show. We're going to start with my guy, Evan D. Shannon, Lana, 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 Lack. Evan, what is your favorite Christmas movie and favorite Christmas song? And then just give me... Any takes from this basketball game? Uh, it can be about individual players. It can be about the team as a whole. Just give me any basketball takes. Okay, Scott, let's see. Uh, favorite Christmas movie? Uh, let's just go with the original Santa Claus. Um, and then as far as any hot takes from this game, uh, I think the defense didn't really get better necessarily. Um, I think they just started missing their open shots. So I think that's something we still need to be uh, looking at and be a little worried about. Um, 
I don't think we just got a lot better on defense, and that's why they started, uh, why we came back. I think the other team just started missing those those open shots. So I think defense might still be a bit of an issue going forward. Yeah, so the the one good thing, and I think if we can keep this up in Big 12 play, hopefully it'll mean we will always have a shot to make comebacks in the game. We're still leading, and after this game, I think we actually improved our three-point defense. We are the number one three-point shooting defense in the country. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of different rhymes and reasons for that, but as someone who is going to be optimistic, I'm going to hold out all the hope and say, okay, that means we're a lead on defense. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to listen to that negativity about our defense not being elite, Evan. Uh, we're going to go to Nick next. Nick, favorite Christmas song, favorite Christmas movie, and then any basketball hot. So favorite Christmas movie, I'd say it's a close one of, of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation over the Santa Claus. Uh, Those are my close. top two, Nick. This is why you're my favorite. Yep. Yes, sir. And then my favorite song would have to be Little Drummer Boy, just a classic. Um, and then hot takes. I mean, I didn't get to watch the game tonight, but just from the games I did see so far this year, um, I'm not liking the slow start, but we've been finishing games that we need to finish, um, except for the Marquette game. But overall, I think we're in a good position for Big 12 play. We just need to come out all firing on all cylinders and uh, get the good runs yeah, I, I think we have the pieces. I've seen enough where I'm going to hold out hope we can get to that 18-win mark. It's going to be interesting to see how it comes because I think right now in Kempom, you know, we're a top 65 team, but we're the worst in the Big 12. I think in the net, we are just outside top 70, but again, worse in the Big 12. So I, I think that while every single year, the Big 12, I think for probably five to six years running, is the best basketball conference in the country. So this isn't anything new or unique. But what is new and unique is how much better we are. The average Ken Palm ranking is, I think, 38 and a half. And the next closest is 68. I think I have that right. I might be wrong. But it's insane how much better the Big 12 is versus the others if k-state was in the acc like i think this team would have no problems getting to 18 wins and i think that's just a product of not having any sub 100 or uh yeah sub 100 teams or po or whatever and that's crazy 100 or worse every that's other crazy every other conference has at least one 100 or worse and that's crazy though just the fact that acc was so dominant and powerful now it's the tides turn it's like oh shit big 12 here think, we are i think big 10's actually number two so uh again it, it is wild i think this is going to be a seven bid league and that's even with oklahoma state not being eligible i think you could make an argument that it could be a nine bid league if everything went correctly now it won't i think you're gonna have a team whether it be baylor whether it be ku as much as i hate to say it might run the table and really go, you know, 16 and two. And I think there might be a team and I hope it's not us. I'm hoping it's TC or hell, maybe even Iowa state, because again, they are who they, they thought they are. I like their talent still is what it is. I think they played well in their two marquee games, but I think they're very gettable. So there's going to be a team that ends up going 
you know, four and 14 or three and 15 that we don't see coming. I just hope it's not us. Um, so I want to specifically talk real quick about the Selton Miguel game. One point off of his career high, I thought he looked good. I think he was good on defense as always. It was good to see his shot dropping and him getting to the rim. So he's been a player who I've been intrigued by all non-con season, very hot and cold. So I want to go around the table and just kind of get a temperature check on what people think about Selton. What sort of game are we going to see week in, week out in the Big 12? Do you think he's going to find a consistent offensive game, or do you think he's going to just be a defensive stopper, or do you think it's going to be something that truly is you don't know what you're getting game in, game out? We're going to start with Evan. Hey, Scott. Yeah, Selton is definitely probably going to be my bet favorite player on this team. Um, I think he's kind of got that energy and the skill set that Barry has, but with more of the body of like Xavier Sneed. Um, so I, I think if he continues to drive and then only shoot those threes when he's uh, a lot more open, uh, we're going to see a lot uh, of good things out of him. And then obviously he's got the defensive te- tenacity that Barry also had, I think. Yeah, I, I would I would love that. If he could turn into if, – if he could get the consistency of offense of Barry Brown, like even as like a junior, I think the guy has an NBA-type body. So we'll see if he can ever hit that level. Uh, but I, I like that comp, especially on defense. We'll go to Chris next. Chris, do you think we're going to get consistent play from Selton, or do you think it will be kind of a roller coaster, at least with his offensive production and big – I think it'll largely depend on kind of who we're playing and the matchups that he sees. Um, so I don't know. I think I think the goal for him is if he can get you eight to ten points a game, which coming off the bench that's pretty good. I think that would be pretty. That I would settle for that eight to ten points to twelve points, and every once in a while he he breaks out. Um, that would be good. So. Um, It'll be interesting to see, but if I had a if I had a bet, you'll probably see kind of up ups and down with him. And I think it just largely depends on who we're playing and how he matches up against those teams in the Big Twelve. Definitely. I do see him getting closer to starter minutes, even coming off the bench. Almost like Cartier Martin in his senior year under Bob Huggins. If folks remember, he came off the bench, but he was still playing, I think you know, 25, 26 minutes a game. So I think that is still going to be the type of role for Selton. Hashtag headband headband Selton. Nigel Pack also rocking the headband. I love to see it. Let's go to Cole next. Cole, what do you think we're going to see? What's your prediction from Selton? Are you a big Selton guy? Just talk Selton Miguel with. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I'm a big headband guy. I think if you can rock the headband, that should be worth at least – you know, eight points a minimum automatically. Um, I think Selton, I think he'll continue to develop and kind of get a feel for the game and kind of speed up his game a little bit. And, I mean, there's definitely times where some of those finishes he has at the rim, I'm like, damn, why is this dude not starting or why is he not getting more minutes? Um, So hopefully a few more of his shots will fall down and he'll start to be racking up those minutes. And uh, I think he could be a uh, pretty impactful player in the long run here at K-State. 
Yep, and we'll finish off the Selton Miguel question with Nick. We have one or two more basketball questions. Then we're going to end on a Christmas question and call it a night. So, Nick, thoughts on Selton Miguel? I know, uh, you know, we're staring down the barrel. One more, hopefully one more non-con game. Big 12 play. He struggled at points in Big 12 play last year, but did have some very bright moments. So what do you think he's going to have for his sophomore, uh, you know, encore in Big I think it's going to be like a roll, and then he'll find his groove, and then he'll eventually become the player that we wanted him to be and have consistent offensive and defensive play. So I think uh, it's going to take some time to get adjusted back to the Big 12 play, but then after a couple games, it'll he'll gel in and be what we want him to be. Perfect. All right. The uh, second to last basketball question is just going to be thumbs up, thumbs down for the folks up on stage. Thumbs up, thumbs down on Marquise Noel and Nigel Pack starting together in Big 12 play. We're going to start with Evan. Um, honestly, on this one, I think it could change every night. I think they, it honestly doesn't matter who starts as long as uh, Bruce is watching – what's working and changing it as the game goes along. So I, I'm fine with it. Like tonight it worked out pretty well, I think. Um, well, as far as those two guys go, they scored quite a bit. But I guess the beginning of the game was pretty uh, slow. So Yeah, I, I won't put the beginning of the game on either one of them. I think both played very good games and probably close to the best game either of them had played so far this year. We'll go with Chris next. Chris, thumbs up, thumbs down on Marquise Noel and Nigel Pack starting uh, together during Big 12 play. Yeah, thumbs up. I I think Marquise has proven enough that he is a solid starter, and so um, I I honestly don't see him coming out of the lineup. I think you leave him in there. I think he's proved enough to – he's earned that spot, and – um, yeah, I think they're a good combination because both those guys, they, they get you points. And, uh, Marquise, he, I just love the way he gets to the basket. And even when he's going up against guys that are way bigger than him, he somehow gets the ball up and around them to make tough shots. So, um, yeah, I think you keep him in the starting lineup. Good deal. We'll go to Nick next, and then we'll end that question with Cole, Nick, Thumbs up, thumbs down, Marquise Noel and Nigel starting together during Big 12 play. Thumbs up. It's Big 12 play. you got to start your best play. Love it. And then Cole, Cole, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, we've got thumbs up. I mean, they're your two best scorers. We're starting out slow every game, so you think you want to have your two best scorers in the game. Definitely not something I want to see for a ton of minutes, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but – in general, thumbs up. All right, and then the final basketball question before we'll get everyone out of here with one more holiday question. Casey Eziegu has started, I believe, every single game this season. Davion Bradford is looking to come back into his own, at least on the offensive end. Every week he is getting better and better conditioned and further away from his offseason bid with pneumonia. Is it time to flip the script and get Davey Dunks back in the starting lineup? Or do you want to keep rolling with Big Easy into Big 12 play? This time we'll start with Cole. Who do you want to start that five, Big Easy or Davey Dunks? 
I think it kind of depends uh, on the matchup. I mean, Big Easy definitely brings you something different on the defensive side of the ball. And I think he's proved himself so far this year offensively. Um, so I think it really just depends on what the matchup is. Uh, but Davey Donks is, you know, making a pretty good run, making the comeback. You'd like to see him be back 100%. Um, so me, it's probably more of a 50-50. Here, here's my question to you. Do you have faith in Bruce to flip his starting lineups uh, based on the opponent, or do you think it will be something where he settles into his starting five and then it, you just have to hope that he makes the adjustments in-game when needed? Um, I'm going to say I, I probably don't have faith in him to make the adjustments based on the opponent. But, I mean, I'm not super close to Bruce Weber. I don't know what his instinct says. I feel like Bruce is a big momentum guy, though. Like, whoever's having big momentum going into that game, if it's a 50-50 matchup, whoever has the best practice is going to get that starting spot. You know, whether that's good or bad, but that's just kind of how I think Bruce Weber. Good deal. We'll go to Chris next. Chris, big, easier dabby during Big 12 play starting at the five? Uh, I think I'll go with Big Easy to start with and then to see kind of how it goes. I think if I had to predict, I bet Big Easy gets to start against OU, and then I think down the road, uh, Davy starts later on. Um, I don't know. They both kind of give you something else. Um, uh, I think Davy's kind of slowly but surely kind of progressing um, but I think Easy Agu has uh, really progressed since last year, and he's had a couple games this year where he's kind of impressed. So um, I'm, I've been kind of happy with both of them. So, All right, we'll go to Evan. Evan, Easy Agu, Bradford. Who do you want to see starting in Big 12 play at the five? Who do you think will be starting, at least for Oklahoma on the first? Yeah, I think ultimately I'd like Davion to start. Um just based on all we saw from last year, um, but I'm fine with waiting a little bit. A little bit here, I'd say uh, Casey has, uh, just like a lot of these guys said, has just been really impressive. And um, just like to the fact that we're even having this conversation right now um, is a big deal to see how much, uh, how big of a part of this team he's become. For sure, like I, I again, I looked at the box where I was like, man. Not a single shot. I, I'm disappointed by that. Last year, I wouldn't have really cared. So I think that's a great call. We'll finish off basketball talk with Nick. Then we're going to get a, a holiday question. Then we'll call it a night. And, uh, yeah, call it a night on the live show. Nick, uh, Davion Bradford, or Casey Eziagu, uh starting five. Uh, I'd have to go with Eziagu just in the fact that um, give Bradford some time to v- develop, but I do want to see Bradford out there just from the fact of what we saw from him last year and with Pack and just how well they work together. So, but I'm excited to see Eziagu play in Big 12 play and hopefully get some some points from us. All right. Well, I love it. I love it. And then we're just gonna call the night with this question. Uh, I'm going to just, you know, ask everyone what's your favorite holiday or Christmas tradition. And then if you want any final Christmas wishes to the Boneheads and K-State fans all throughout the world listening, because we usually get about 
17,800 listeners for every show because we're the biggest podcast in the world. Cole, favorite holiday tradition and Christmas wish to your fellow bone. All right, so my favorite holiday tradition is every Christmas morning, me and my family and my mom makes, uh, we call it monkey bread. I don't know what everyone else calls it, but it's just like a cinnamon bread thing that she makes in like a bunt cake pan and then flips it over and it's super gooey and it's really good. Definitely um, monkey bread. Yeah, big fan of monkey bread. I don't know if there's like an actual name for it, but you know, whatever. Christmas wish for all the boneheads. Um, let's just go out and everybody love everybody, you know, tell your friend you love them. Tell your mom you love them. Um, you know, if you're going to love somebody, love them to the fullest. And, you know, let's have a great Christmas and a great new year and uh, go. I love it. Thank you, Cole. Merry Christmas to you. And also, please give my wishes to your beautiful, beautiful girlfriend. She's awesome. Was very happy to meet you, Joel, and your better halves for the Oklahoma game this year. So we'll go to Chris next. Chris, favorite holiday tradition? Any Christmas wishes to the boneheads out there? Yeah, I'd say favorite holiday tradition is uh, um, eating breakfast Christmas morning with the fam. Uh, that's all, That's been a big one. And then opening presents right after. And then I guess a Christmas wish to all the boneheads out there listening is to uh, enjoy the rest of this uh, um, sports year. Uh, football season is uh, quickly coming to a close, and we got a big game against LSU. Um, that'll be an exciting game. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to beat their ass. And then uh, maybe Bruce and the boys can uh, surprise us and get to the NCAA tournament. And then you never know what could happen. So uh, stay optimistic. Always be optimistic. It's a lot more fun to be optimistic than pessimistic. So um, I think that we got some big things ahead in the next couple months. Love it. Evan, favorite holiday tradition and wish Christmas wish for the boneheads. Uh, my favorite holiday tradition is doing uh, 2,000-piece two, uh, jigsaw puzzles that are, like, Christmas-themed. I've done them every year since I was, like, five. Um, and then a wish for the boneheads, uh, just like uh, Chris was saying, stay positive with this season. Um, go out, support the team. Uh, if it's all said and done, we don't make the tournament. Burn it down if you want. Um, but just in the meantime, stay positive. And <laughs> that, that's actually a good one. I, I think uh, I think everyone's mental health would be better if they're not on sports message boards. But I'm an addict. I I don't post very much anymore, but I, I'm addicted to reading them and reading Twitter. So I probably need to take that advice. We'll go to Nick. We're, we're going to wrap up with Nick. Of course, thank you as always to Nick and all the work he does. But uh, any favorite Christmas holiday traditions and uh, any final words for the holiday season to the Boneheads? First off, thank you, Scott, for that. Um, favorite tradition, probably um, started this as a kid. Uh, we would open up one present after our Christmas service on Christmas Eve. And then watch Christmas Story in the morning while opening up presents, make brunch, and then go out and get Chinese uh, for dinner. <laughs> so that's our Christmas in a nutshell. But uh, 
just want to say uh, Merry Christmas to all the boneheads. Um, I know you guys, we got still a couple of days left. So whenever you see someone in the grocery store, at the gas station or whatever, just say Merry Christmas. You know, it brings a smile to the, to the people out there, you know, and uh, just um, think of those that are overseas right now that can't be with their families and um, wish them a safe return. And then uh, just bring in the new year. I love it. Thank you as always, uh, Nick. Uh, that's all we got for the live show. Um, if tradition means anything, I'll probably drop an episode on Christmas or Christmas Eve to just echo what I'm about to say and cover any news that happens in the next couple days. But I do want to say Merry Christmas. I want to say I'm very thankful to all the boneheads. Again, we've been doing these live shows since March. We basically started this right after K-State's basketball season ended. So we went through an entire off season went through an entire football season. Now we are going to go through a full basketball season. I enjoy these live shows, getting to talk to all of you, but be sure to tell everyone that you do love that you love them. When you see someone say Merry Christmas, if they get snippety with them, say, hey, happy holidays as well. I just want to say, again, Merry Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year, and it's only exemplified because I get to talk to the boneheads. So, hey, eight down, 10 to go, 18 and we're in. Go Cats, and we will be talking to you guys hopefully after the Morgan State game, if not at some point next week after Christmas for the last show of the year. So stay safe and Merry Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be miles golden days of yore Faithful friends who are dear to us Gather near to us once more Through The fates allow Hang a shining star Upon the highest bough And have yourself A merry little Christmas now
the fates allow Hang a shining star Upon the highest bar And have yourself A merry little Christmas Podcast Network.